Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Say what needs to be said. It's your host, your big dog, Asante, Mr. Pick Six Samuel. All pro, pro bowler, all that good stuff. Over 51 interceptions over my career. Multiple records, multiple touchdowns. Then I got my co-host with me. You know, he a little late sometimes, you know, but he keep us going. He keep us going. Ex-NFL <laughs> vet, uh, Cincinnati Bengal, J- Jacksonville Jaguars, Mr. Elton Patterson, also known as EP. What's up, baby? What up, man? I'm here. Hey, better late than never, but never late is better. <laughs> <laughs> they want to hear a little energy in your voice, man. This wild call weekend. Turn up. You can't be acting like this the regular hey, season, brother. Let's get problem, this thing going. My, my problem is none of my teams are in the playoffs right now. The Bengals and the Jaguars are at home. So, but I, I'm gonna keep it going though. We can get it going. Turn Dang, up. This the Bengals. Ah, the Bengals. Right. Let's jump. Well, let's Look. jump right into it. Since you know, better, better late than never is here. Let's get right into it because usually we start at 10, but we're going to start holding them accountable and we're going to cuss him out at the end of this thing because he need to be cussed out, held accountable, and, and he the reason we late. But Cowboys versus the Packers. Cowboys versus the Packers. And the, the, the biggest thing I saw, the takeaways from this game, the winners and losers, on the Cowboys side of the defense, the Cowboys defense, man, the biggest issues I've seen with them, they were playing defense with their eyes and, and in the backfield. And the linebackers in, in secondary basically wasn't doing their assignments. They wasn't doing what they were supposed to do in each and every play design for, for the players to, to, uh, to execute the plays. It was just too many eyes in the backfield trying to, to make plays. And sometimes that's what I mean by uh, you have to have those role players because the star players want to make the big play every time, every play. And you have to be disciplined with your eyes. To, to do the correct assignments, to hold each other accountable, to make sure this defense or this play design is executed the correct way. And that was the biggest thing I saw from, from Dallas, man. Also, they came out flat. They were very flat. But, man, when you're playing with your eyes and not, and not doing your assignments and concentrating your assignments, you will give up multiple big plays. And we saw that from the linebackers to the secondary, you know what I mean? So what, what are your takeaways? What's your thoughts, bro? Man, I just think they didn't come to play, like, as a whole. Like, I was watching um, NFL Today with um, Jimmy Johnson, an old coach. Yeah, he had like, speech. Yeah, man, he had, like, tears in his eyes. I'm like, is he is he joking? But he looked like he was serious. And the funny part about it, Michael Strahan got in the three-point stance, which he probably did in 10 years. He was like, Coach, you got me ready to play. So yeah. I, I think it was just what he was saying. Like, they just didn't come out to play. It's probably like, we the Cowboys. We playing at home. This Green Bay team, they ain't all that good. And what we talked about a few weeks ago, it's all about the momentum going into the playoffs. Them record mm-hmm. stuff don't count. So it's right. all about how you plan going into the playoffs. And they just came out flat. I don't know what it was. I think it was like the star power. We're, we're the Cowboys. We're the Stars. We're America's favorite team. And they ain't had no dogs out there mentally to get it out. Exactly. And like you said, that star power, more like a front-runner team. And that's what Tyreek Hill was saying about his team, the Dolphins and stuff like that. The Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins remind me of front-runners. You know, when everything is going good, we are down with the cause. But when it, adversity hits and, and strikes, no one is there to step up or take lead or take control. And like you said, the momentum going into the playoffs is very important. And if a lot of people don't realize, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones had his first 
yard rushing game against the Carolina Panthers. I think it was December 24th. And ever since then, 100 yards game, 100 yard games, all the way into the playoffs. And I think that's the secret to success for, for the Green Bay Packers. With Jordan Love, the way he's playing, Aaron Jones running that ball, that's what's making uh, Jordan Love so successful at this point. And what, obviously, he's a great talent and a great player. But when you have that run game and now you're trying to stop or put seven or eight nine uh, eight men in the box and now you're one on one with the with the tight end with the with the receivers with the running backs everybody's one on one coverage now you could design stuff up and and do your trick plays and that's the special part of of Jordan Love and all the new good quarterbacks uh except for Lamar Jackson all the new great uh new era quarterbacks they do one thing great, and they are able to manipulate the pockets to create times and and, and find that open player, find uh find the weakness in the defense. Give give the offensive player or or, or, or that that the receiver a chance to create and, and get open. And that's what I'm seeing out there. It's like he takes that little that extra half a second. You know he's gonna get hit in the mouth. And he gets the ball off. You know, it's not the the perfect form or, or, or technique. And, man, he is doing a hell of a job, man. Him, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and C.J. Stroud, they do it so good, uh, buying time and manipulating the pocket to allow their receivers to get open. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, uh, I think one of the main things with Jordan Love on how he's coming through and developing, I see it. I can see it in the game. Is being up under Aaron Rodgers and learning for four years. It, yes, he's a first year guy, but he's kind of coming through as a vet out there. Like he's so poised. Like just imagine studying something for four years and he's coming out into his own. So I think it was great, man. I, I think Jordan Love is running that team the way he's supposed to. He's making the right throw. He's not scared to make the big throws. He's not checking it down. He's right. not ABC one, two, three. He is out there competing i think that's what's going on with it. a lot of people don't understand he played behind aaron Rodgers for four years was patient never complained and now it's his moment and the game probably slow to him you've been in the game before where it just seems like everything is slow motion and you just out here having fun and and that's right. where he's at right now. Right. now i wouldn't be surprised if they go up, they go up to baltimore and handle their business or, or at least do, play very competitive and give the baltimore ravens a scare like i said aaron jones would be the x factor if he can get that that running game going is average like five, five yards a game, 5.6, six yards per game within that like five or six game span. Um, and if he can do that against the Ravens, I mean, that might be a little trouble, man. It won't be as easy as we think. But, you know, that's a very talented team and and um, you definitely can't take them for granted. But on the other side, the Cowboys, what are the issues with the Cowboys? You know what I mean? And let me tell you, one thing I see with that, everyone has their number one receiver. And, um, yeah, we give C.D. Lamb praise. And I had enough time to evaluation. I've seen everybody come out early doing their evaluation, saying whether he's the number one receiver or, or not and all those things. I think C.D. Lamb is missing that number one explosive receiver on the other side of him to compliment him and make this team, uh, take this team to the next level. Because uh, – C.D. Lamb, you know, if if you want to create a number one receiver, you can force the ball to him. You can throw the ball to him a lot of you. Cre you can put create matchups for him to get him the ball. You can put him in motion. You can put him in slot inside, outside. 
and match him up against linebackers and so on and so forth and, and force the ball to him. But when I see him in man-to-man coverage and it's time to create separation and Dak is continuously looking for him, it's very hard for C.D. Lamb to be successful. And that's what I mean by they, they need that number one explosive receiver to complement C.D. Lamb because C.D. Lamb, you know, he's, he's good and all, but I don't see him as that creator that can just – that that can depend on – you one-on-one, I'm going to throw it up. I know you're going to be open. I know you're going to beat that guy. And I think that's part of the problem right there with uh with the Cowboys, along with a, a, a host of other things. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I think it's a host of other things. I think, um, first of all, I'll start on with the coach. He, he, it just, he's so quiet. Remember how you, like how you yeah. just told me, hey, man, it's a sighting time. Let's go. Energy is everything. He's just so lethargic and quiet over there. I'm not even sure he matches. And then after that, it's almost like they're coming in with the mindset of we're the Cowboys. Things are going to go right for us. That Prescott going to throw a touchdown. As right. soon as they don't, now we're down by seven. Oh, now we're down by 14. And it's looked like a whole different team. They're totally out of their midst. They're not used to coming from behind. It's no dog. It's no screw this. You don't see nobody yell. It's just they're just out there lost. Like, I'm mm-hmm. look, everybody's in chase mode. Everybody. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's just. The, the the cornerbacks in chase mode is it Stephon Gilmore out there? Yeah, it, yeah, he's in chase mode. My boy, mode. that's my Every, boy. That's my boy. If you don't understand just, what uh what EP saying, he's ta- he's saying all the defensive players in chase mode. In order to make a play, you can't be chasing. You can't just chase. You have to anticipate and put yourself in the right position to make a play. And if you're chasing, that's all you're doing. You're chasing to make a tackle, and that's what it it looked like right. to you, right, brother? Right. It's nobody uh uh. uh Ahead of the play, there's nobody see this play coming and knocking somebody out or intercepting the ball or even the D line. They're like hoping to get there. Nobody's like ahead of the game, and it just seems like honestly, bro, it just seems like they thought it was just gonna come easy, and it's almost like boxing. Like you come out, oh, this gonna be an easy fight, and somebody just come and rush you and punch you in the mouth. You like, whoa, whoa, (laughs) whoa, you kind of like, and that's how they was. They thought it was gonna be handed to them, man. This is the playoffs, man. you know, I think I missed the playoffs maybe one one season out of my 11 years. You know what I mean? And to play in the playoffs, that first game is a whole – it's a different season. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different intensity. And they were totally flat. This was not right. the playoff game for them. This was the game before the bye week for the playoff game. This was that game <laughs> where everybody supposed to be resting and, and chilling. That's how they came out. They did not play like Jerry Jones is going to fire everybody the next day. It wasn't worth right. I don't right. know. Jerry Jones, he made it loud and clear that he, everybody is only safe until this last game. And we will see how this last game. And nobody played like that. If y'all didn't catch that fire that he was throwing right. y'all, oh, yeah. man, listen. Oh, man. Jones was more intense on his post-game interview than the whole team was. Yeah. <laughs> I was read like, I had never seen this before. Like, we just want – he basically what Jerry Jones was saying is like, we got the players. <laughs> I put up the money. <laughs> and ain't nobody showed up. I've never seen this before. Nobody showed up. You know what I mean? And it's just crazy. At the worst time of the season, this is the biggest moment of the Dallas Cowboys' future. They're, they're, the franchise. Like, we expect to win a Super Bowl. Jerry Jones understands he don't have too much longer on his, on his, in, his, in his life. You know what I mean? Right. We, me and you, we halfway there. So Jerry Jones is what? <laughs> Lord have mercy. This man won a Super Bowl. 
And that goes to the to the next subject. He won a Super Bowl so bad that I think I have a strong inclination that Jerry Jones is willing to hire Bill Belichick to be oh, the next boy, head coach for the Dallas Cowboys. And, and listen, y'all hear me give a lot of flag and a lot of talk, a lot of crap about the past and the and, and how Belichick's Belichick operates and things like that. But for this situation, I don't know. This might be a pretty good situation that Belichick can deal with and, and everybody can handle and, and maneuver. The first problem is don't give him all the control. That will be the main problem. You hire him as to be the Dallas Cowboys coach. You know, you protect that Prescott. Um, yeah. You protect a couple players because he's going to get rid of some players. Jerry Jones, you uh, keep doing your thing or bring in the GM, but don't give him all the power. And I think he can help with a little discipline, a little attitude. Um, yes, he has to change some of his ways, but I think this this relationship could work out. Obviously, he has to uh, bring in a, a very good, solid officer coordinator. My my wish would always be Josh McDaniels come back with Bill Belichick and and, and recreate that magic. But I, I really think that that would be a good fit. I don't know how everybody will perceive it and and things like that, but it can work out. It just have to put some limitations around him. You can't give him all the power and all the credit, and you have to understand changes will be made. You know what I mean? What you think about that? What you think Ooh, about You that? see, hey, you woke me up. My eyes went like, <laughs> hey, that's a good one. But let me tell you why it makes sense. All It makes all the sense. First of all, let's just go tag on, tag on what you talked about for a long time. You said Bill Belichick, From I'm paraphrasing on your synopsis of, of, of him over the years, is that He's he may not be the greatest coach of all time, but he's a great coach. But he need he's the kind of coach where it's just not him. He need mm -hmm. players. Right. What the Dallas got? They got the players. They got the players. Bring them in, right? And, and, got and the players and like I talk about the defense, the discipline. Defense got caught playing with their eyes instead of doing their assignments. The first thing he's going to do is bring in discipline. Right. You know, we have meetings at 8 and 9 o'clock. A lot of the times when I first went to another team, people come rolling in those meetings late. They'd be there at 8.05, 8.03. Those small little details determine right. how good you would be. You know what I mean? And and those small details of discipline that, will, that he can bring to, to the Cowboys – I think it can help and be and be a tremendous help to them to, in, to trying to get to the big goal of the Super Bowl because right. discipline is, is is the downfall from from a lot of teams. Just small details and doing your assignments. You know what I mean. And I think that's where where Belichick strives at best, getting the small details out of his players, making sure everyone understands the smallest things to help the team be successful. Like you say, the talent is there. Get your right. role players, make them understand their role, and let the talent take over. We'll see. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think that'll I think, be a good I, one. I think Belichick going there, it'll be good. Um, I think he'll bring in what you're saying, the discipline. The um, This is what – he's going to take away the Cowboys thing, the all the hype. All, we we not the Cowboys. They think we the Cowboys. We just a football team. We, we, we America's team, but he's not going to let them believe that, right? He's going to go right. there. And zero out everything. We That's the just first thing he's going to say. Football. Stop all that. We America's team shitting. And stop talking to the media. I don't want to hear nothing about no Super Bowl. We worry about right. the next game. And they're going to have a different mindset. Just like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. I think that's what they need, man. They really, right. they need they need an overhaul of everything. Like my uh, 
the, the Hall of Fame when Michael, Michael Irvin woke up, mm -hmm. get rid of everybody. He want to get rid of everything. He's sick of <laughs> right. it because every year he get up there on TV and, and embarrass himself, making himself look foolish, talking about they're going to win the Super Bowl, they're going to go to the NFC Championship, and every year they losing right off the rip. The first right. round, they, even, they shouldn't even be playing in the first round how good right. and how much talent they got. They should be in the bye week, you know what I mean? Right. But right. it's terrible. And, you know and, I mean? and how about this, too? I think McDaniel's good. You know, they can bring that whole system over. But I'll, I'm a fan of Byron Leftwich going in at um, offensive ah. coordinator. And ah. the reason why is because Byron, he's a student of the game. You ought to know we played against him in college. He, he's he's going to pass the ball. But then right. he came in and won that Super Bowl and worked alongside Tom Brady. Right? That's, that's right. So the system is there. He He's a young guy, going to bring a lot of energy. And it, I think Byron Leftwich would be a great offensive coordinator in that system. And my last thing I'm going to say on it is you're 100% right. Do not tell Belichick, hey, you are only coming in to instill discipline and be the head coach. <laughs> no more. You're not doing you're not charging. You're not in charge of player personnel. <laughs> you're not in charge of salary cap. You ain't even started nothing and worry about none of that stuff. We're going to play the players that are good. We're going to take care of everybody and everybody going to be happy, man. You know yeah, what I mean? You can cuss that them out as much as you want. Right. That's a good point, though. I, that was a good synopsis, like you said, of Brian Leftwich and, and his history and just coming from Tom Brady and having that whole experience, because that can do a lot for you. I'm telling you, it's Tom Brady that makes everybody better. It's not the Belichick and the coaching staff. But my question would be, can 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 Belichick deal with uh, uh, with Brian Leftwich as an officer coordinator and not have no ill will towards him, not want to control him, not feel a certain way? Because that's that's what all I see with, with Belichick, you know. If you start doing so good and you start getting notoriety and, and people talking about you and teams inquiring about you, that's when the, the nonsense and the craziness starts. So, But, man, listen, if he did give an opportunity, Bill Belichick changed his ways. He can hire Brian Leftwich. He can hire Josh McDaniels. He can hire right. a, a, a few people. And I think that mm -hmm. can work for that, that Prescott and the, and the Dallas Cowboys. That's the last chance that I can see for, for Jerry Jones. I don't see no other chance. But on the other hand, it seems like all the old coaches – are starting to lead the NFL, and it's and it's a resurgence of new coaches starting. We got the Mike McDaniel's, the D'Amico Ryan's. Um, mm -hmm. Who else we got? Man, we got a slew of new and uh, young coaches that's that start Antonio Pierce. So right. I think in the next three to four years, that's what we're gonna have a rush of young coaches taking over, mm -hmm. and all the old coaches stuck in the old ways will be gone. You know, the Belichick's, right. uh, Pete Carroll's retired. You got the, the Nick Saban. He can't deal with mm -hmm. the. The, the new NIL deals, that's what they're saying. He can't recruit right. against that, so he don't want to deal with that. So it's going to be some young energy coming in to these new co these colleges and these NFL teams. And, um, yeah, that's a good thing. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a good thing. We might we might need to put our hat in there, man. You know, go take over a team. You know what I mean? Hey, if uh, what they said, if, if my son asked me the other day, Dad, won't you just coach? You're great at it because <laughs> we um I had the last minute coach on the basketball team and <laughs> right but we was great I just instilled this, this other team was so I'm jumping off subject but the other team was so good they had like six foot ten year olds but we stuck it out and we almost won bro everybody was surprised so at the end of the day people are jumping in the coaches and I think it is a change even if we got if we jumped in that zone right now we you'll be amazed on that how energy, much of an impact that energy we'll bring will take over because it ain't about that old stuff and ain't no got no ill will towards nobody I want everybody to be successful and leaders do what leaders do they make everybody around them better 
That's the right. one thing people are missing and don't understand about these leaders and coaches and stuff like that. You got to be able to lead men and make every everyone around you better. And that's right, what, right. you know. Hey, Prime did it. Hey, listen, that's one thing Prime did. He was like, no, nah, I'm not coaching. I'm, I'm just coaching my sons. And he waited all the way to his son went to college and say, hey, I'm a coach. And bam, $30 million later. <laughs> and if he could go so, to the NFL, if the Falcons would hire him right now, he would take that job and he would, he would, he would, he would select his sons, uh, right. Shadur Sanders with the first pick, and then Silo Sanders with the second pick. God damn it. Ooh, ooh, I'm telling you, you that's exactly you, what would happen. Do you think any calls from Dallas? Like, you think that happened at all? They, like, were, they was interest? talking about that, but like I said, man, I, I, they need that discipline. They don't need yeah. that wow factor. They need someone that can 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 get it out of them. Get get it out of them. You know what I mean? Because you right. have a bunch of superstars, and like I, I talk about this, we talked about this several times. The role players, you need role players to win championships, and I think obviously that's what Bill Belichick going to create. He loved role players. You know what I mean? So right. he's going to establish the role players. Going to keep the stars there, mm. and don't relinquish all the power to him. And man, mm -hmm. I think that's a, a recipe for success. You know what I mean? I Jerry know. Jones, better go for it. He's on that. Uh, if y'all ain't heard, Bill Belichick was in the Virgin Islands on that super yacht with uh, Arthur Blank. So you know, I don't. I know the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> that culture right there. I know we don't want him in Atlanta, but <laughs> hey, Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank seemed like he. Uh, yeah, he don't. Bill don't want to be in Atlanta. That's too much for him. Like Atlanta, like, he don't even match in Atlanta. What, like, where would he stay at? <laughs> With somewhere in Gwinnett, he probably stay close to Arthur. Uh, Arthur Blank. <laughs> right, right. Hey, right. but Cam Newton, man, Cam Newton, bring your butt to the front of the stage, boy, because you these embarrassing remarks you keep you made. I ain't gonna forget about it. If you don't know nothing about Asante Samuel, when somebody say something, make a, a bold and loud statement, I'm gonna remember and I'm gonna keep bringing it up and over and over and over until somebody make an apology. And I think you need to make that apology, sir. And, and if y'all don't remember, Cam Newton had the audacity. Cam Newton had the audacity to put Tom Brady in the same category as a Dak Prescott and a Tua Tongue of Allure. He compared Tom Brady, the greatest ever, to two guys that can't even win a playoff game. Mm. This should be a shame. He should be ashamed of himself. Mm. You know what? Cam Newton, Cam Newton, he should be on punishment from podcasting for a whole <laughs> month for that ridiculous take he tried to throw out there. You know what I mean? And people getting on these podcasts think they can say whatever they want. We need to do something. Need to be standards. That you need to be on punishment for a month for that ridiculous. Don't you ever put the greatest ever in the same categories with Dak Prescott, Tua Tonga by Law, talking about game management because you played quarterback. You want to justify the words and twist it around and make it sound all beautiful and neat. No, boy, that was wrong. That was outrageous. <laughs> that was insane. That was that was that was terrible. You need to apologize. Or the podcast guys are coming down and putting you on punishment for a month because Tom Brady should never be in the same category with Tua Tonga Valoa and, 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 and Dak Prescott. Now, you had a lot to say about this now, brother. So go ahead. Defend, defend, defend your hometown, homie. Because y'all looking real bad right now. Mr. One, <laughs> two, three, he can't create pass. One, two, three, he, his limitations is only that. Dak Prescott. He don't even seem like he he's concerned. He don't seem like he got a dog in him. He don't seem like he's gonna bite you or nothing. He just seems like he you could push him down, do anything to him, and they, they don't care. Tua Tonga right. by Lord asking for the jersey after the game, after they uh -huh. lost. You know, it just look all bad. I, 
didn't grow up in this era. This is just this is just crazy, man. Where the dogs at? Right. <laughs> hey, man. Well, let me tell you, man. You know how it is. Week eight, nine, when a lot of not on the line and it's fun and the sun out, you got the front runners and the front runners <laughs> tour and Dak. They was everybody was on their side, right? But when you look back at it. Tom Brady was a dog. Like, it wasn't even close. I'm so mad that he was able to make that statement. And people, he knew he he was making a statement to go viral. And I I just hate that he was able to put Tom Brady in the name. People could say anything because everybody got a mic and a mouth. And it's just ridiculous. Go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. Hey, no, no, you good. But, you know, it reminds me of when you say call him to the table. We ain't forgot what you said. You can't just wipe, sweep it up under the rug. It's the dude, um, Colin. Colin, he, Colin um, Coward. Yeah. So his bit is going around too of how terrible Houston Texans and how terrible the quarterback over there is going to be, right? Uh. <laughs> and they going in on him like he went in on how it's just a disaster. And it's like, wow. Right. He, what Houston's doing right now is like, it is it's amazing. Crazy. And it's making him look so bad. That's what and y'all got to do. Hey, and I'm that, waiting to see. I'm waiting to, to see that's somebody that's say why, it. That's why I wanted to start this podcast. Say what needs to be said. Y'all bring all that stuff to our attention because we're going to hold people accountable. I don't care if you said it a year ago. Myself, my co-host, whoever, whoever said it, we all going to be held accountable. You can't just be going out here making these crazy statements, irrigorous statements, and just saying anything and thinking people supposed to forget about it. No, we're going to bring it back up. You're going to answer yeah. to this, and you're going to be held accountable. Because we don't even allow you just to come out here and say anything. Yeah, I want to see how does Cam Newton explain that a Tom Brady deserves to be mentioned in the same category as these two quarterbacks that can't even win a a, a playoff game. They're getting blown out. Looking ridiculous, man. Right. Man, that stuff drives me crazy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Cam got to come up. Coward got to come. I'm waiting to see Colin show come on and say, you know what? I got it wrong with CJ Stroud. I apologize. Like, I'm waiting for that because you can't just say stuff that sounds good. You got to say stuff that really, you know, especially when you played the game. I get Colin. He ain't played, but Cam played the game. Cam. Nobody's ever knocking. Is Cam a diva? Y'all let me know in the the comments, in the chat. Is, is, Is Cam a diva? Cam Newton just sound like a diva, you know what I mean? Hey, why, why you on. say let's chat? Why you say chat? Our chat is going in right now. I like. Oh our, yeah, getting like them chats, man. Y'all getting them chats, man. <laughs> Y'all let us know what's going on, man, because it's ridiculous, man. I I feel like he's a diva, and and, and 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 you know, divas need that attention. You know what I mean? Come change it to the chat, chat. But uh, yeah, moving right along, Lions versus the Rams. Wow, that was a pretty good game, man. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think people realize the trade between Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, man, this will probably go down as one of the biggest trades in the history for these organizations. You know what I mean? L.A. Rams, they traded for Matthew Stafford from the Lions, and in return, they got their quiet Jared Goff from the L.A. Rams. If y'all don't remember, I think it was back in, what, 2019, 2020 or something like that. And before yeah. that, you know, before the trade, the franchise, the, the franchise, the Lions, before they made that trade, they had only won one playoff game since the Super Bowl era. And that was in 1991. You know what I mean? That's how bad this organization has been since, since this trade. Now, uh, Matthew Stafford, he's at, the, uh, he's at the Lions and Jared Goff. I mean, Matthew Stafford is at, at the, the Rams and now... Jared Goff is at the Lions. 
The Rams got what they needed from Matthew Stafford. They won a championship. We traded. Right. We got uh, Matthew Stafford from the Lions. We we conquered a, a Super Bowl. Now, we got your hand, hand-me-downs. We got Jared Goff. But guess what? We're headed to the we, – we're close to being an NFC champion. We haven't won a playoff game since 1991. We have an opportunity, a opportunity to be NFC champs, NFC champs in the NFL. So this will go down as one of the best trades in the history of these franchises. If, if people don't realize it, you know, and Jared Goff, he may take a little longer to develop and, and, and become a champion. And that's what it takes. And that, that, that's big kudos to to uh to to Detroit Lions and their officer coordinator. I think it was Ben Johnson, or, or I think, mm-hmm. you know, he did a great job developing and and uh refurbishing. Jared Goff's career. You know what I mean? He was over there at the LA Rams. They felt like he wasn't that type of a champion quarterback. He couldn't really get the job done. And look at him now, right now with this renowned, instilled confidence in himself, making crucial throws in critical plays on, on third down when the game is on the line. He's letting it fly, hitting his man right on target. And that's what it's about. You know what I mean? I might right. not be good over here, but I'm a good player. Give me another opportunity. Send me to someone that can develop me, a team that's uh, that that want to be good, that's looking for greatness, and um, they're doing a good job with Jared Goff, man. So two teams, they got exactly what they need. The L.A. Rams won a championship, won a Super Bowl after acquiring Matthew Stafford. Now Jared Goff and the and the Lions have their chance and their opportunity to go out there and do something special for that city, who. Who deserves some positivity? You know what I mean. Shout out to Detroit, yeah. man, and Sauce Gardner. Right. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we gonna we hey we come we coming with sauce in a second. But listen, I love Detroit. I love the most. I'm an underdog guy. I've been an underdog my whole entire. We life. all been underdog. We went to UCF, right. man. Everybody went right. to UCF. Our day is an underdog, man. Right, right. But you had a you had a scholarship to Georgia, but you just chose UCF. So. Hmm. I wouldn't have went to UCF if I had that scholarship, but they could have dropped that scholarship while I took that thing. I I probably never played in my life, but I would have had a scholarship to Georgia, boy. <laughs> but no, I love I love the um Detroit right now. They're the underdog favorite. Every 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 season always one underdog, and I root for the underdogs. And their coach said he threw some shade, like, hey, golf, you're good enough for us, and gave him the, the game ball, right? Exactly. But let me tell you though, let me tell you why I think he's good enough. I think they got the better part of the deal, or not even say good deal, because you can't take away what Stafford did and came and got a Super Bowl. But think about it. Stafford left Detroit losing, losing, historically losing system program or whatever, right. and goes to a loaded team. That D-line, that defense that, that year, that, that defense he went and won on, was absolutely loaded. Like Team was that loaded. D line was. That's when Aaron Donald was a beat. Uh, he's still good, but right. he was unstoppable at that point. Right? They they and had then, a mandatory two to three people blocking Aaron Donald at that time. Every, every play mandatory. Every play. Right. And then Cooper Cup was in his prime doing that. Yeah. They just had a lot of weapons. They had Jalen Ramsey. They had a right. stacked team, man. They had a they very had a stacked, stacked team. team. You're right. But that's what they're saying. That's what they felt like. They had a stacked team, but Jared Goff wasn't the one that can get him over the hump. So they needed right. to get rid of him and brought in right. Matthew Stafford. And that's why it makes, you know, the best trade or the biggest 
trade for for these both of these franchises ever in the history of the organization. And the other mm-hmm. thing that people fail to realize, Jared Goff led the LA Rams to the Super Bowl. He was Go he was in the playoffs multiple times. He fought he fell short. So mm-hmm. with what with that being said, Detroit Lions is getting a well-groomed quarterback with, with a lot of experience. He's ready for these moments. He's been in these moments. He knows right. what it feels like to not come up on the winning end of the stick on the in these moments. So he's prepared. He 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 has that that fire in him to show the world, to show itself that, that he can do this, that he can be a Super Bowl winning quarterback when a quarterback just come replace me and, and win the Super Bowl that I wasn't able to do. So you got to understand when people have that fire in them, you got to watch out, man, because they could play. You know, he could play. And um, Ben Johnson, like I said, he's doing a hell of a job with him over there. That confidence, you know, I, I see it, you know. He's doing a great right. job. And, and your man. boy, man, um, we 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 got to talk about the running back. I'll let you talk about him. Um, Graham, I just love that kid, man. Um, let's forget his name. Kyron. Kyron. Who you talking about? No, nah, what Detroit. Oh, yes. Jameer Gibbs. J- Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, I said Graham. Yeah. Gibbs. Yeah. Man, I love man. Gibbs is going to be an awesome hell of a player. That little shiftiness, explosiveness mm-hmm. he got, that's the difference. A lot of people had that shifting. The Barry Sanders, the LaShawn McCoy. But he has that shiftiness and explosiveness with it. Right, I can imagine, right. man, that kid was a, was a track runner, a track star, or something right. like that. But he can—he, you better watch out for him, man. Right. He reminds me of like a Marshall Falk. Remember Marshall Falk back in the day, one, two, and go get that's through exactly. slippery. He reminds me of that. But he's a dog with it though. Like he's tough. Like he—he yeah. he ain't shying away from no hits. He's getting up. He's he's just a solid running back, man. And like he, it, I, I don't know if a lot of people know his story, but he played. He was a dog. Georgia. He was at Georgia Tech, and mm-hmm. Georgia was primarily a running team, like wing T, all this stuff, grinding, grinding. He last year he got out of there and went over to Alabama and had a solid year, right. real good year. Yeah. Now he's not the biggest he, guy in the world, man. Just tough and solid, man. You know what I mean? Got that. Got that. That slim. Strong frame, you know, that slim, right. strong, explosive frame. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. you know, I like I him. I, I just like watching the play. You could he, he pops out on the screen. You mm-hmm. always look for players who pop out. You can just right. see like, oh, that kid pops out on the screen. You know? Yeah, yeah. And for the Rams, man, the Rams. Oh man, I thought it was gonna do pretty good, but they just started off too flat. Same way, like 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 the Cowboys. They let Detroit just come right down on the first drive you know, which is scripted usually most of the time and just smash it right down their throat. And we mm. can't do that. You can't do that in the playoffs in this type, in this season. You know what I mean? The regular season, you get away with it. But in the playoff season, you can't do that. You know, you got to step up. You got to be physical. Got to set those edges. And, and they wouldn't do that. But in the second half, they tried to come back and, and you know, make the adjustments. But it was a little mm. too late. You know, you left that ball. You left the ball in Jared Goff's hands and he executed. Third down. Mm-hmm. Defense trying to make a play. Jared Kopp executed. And it led to, you know, them taking the knee and winning the game. But, man, that uh, Puka, Puka uh, Nakua, man. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Matthew Stafford, man. I, I like, I love that kid, man. Yeah. You know, he, he reminds me. I don't know if y'all remember Austin um, Austin Miles used to play for the Dallas oh, yeah. Cowboys. They had those yeah. big, big, solid, kind of like a D-Boy Samuels. So, all these guys in the same category. Just hard to tackle they get so many yards from not beating you on the route and being explosive they're beating you from yak you know what i mean yep. and it's just it looks so good because they just 
sliding and bouncing off you, man. And it's not because of they're doing anything special. It's just how they're, they're built and, and they're balanced. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, shout out to Matthew and uh, Puka Nakua, man. They couldn't advance, but y'all y'all got to, you know, well, Puka, Matthew, I don't know how much long he's playing, but Puka, right. Puka future is looking great, boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, as a DB, when you got a guy like that, like my, I remember Miles Austin, he'll get a sneaky 215 in a game, right? right. He, he was real sneaky with it. But like you said, it was because of Yak. So as a DB, when he catch the ball, are you thinking like, I got to get this joker down or? I'm coming. It's like you when you, you already know in your mind, you come with all your force, all your might, all your weight. You're trying to hold him and, and pull him down because you, you understand this is like a running back at wide receiver. And if I go up there and, and, and like it's a regular receiver and think this is a regular tackle, like the, most of the skinny receivers in the NFL, you're going to have a, a bad grade when you're graded by your coaches. So you're coming with all your might, man, and, and you're trying to wrap those legs up. But for some reason, it just you just bounce off. I even seen the defensive lineman, big number 97 from the Detroit Lions, bouncing off him. There's a defensive end just, just straight bounced off him. It's like, <laughs> you know, some players just have that uh, – that special tool in the in the, the toolbox that they can get yeah. away with, you know what I mean? And he happened to be one of them. Him, Miles yeah. Austin, and um, Debo Samuel, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. You, it's almost like a decision every time, and you mentally fatigue because you're not even used to tackling as a DB, especially. And all of a sudden, you got to get eight tackles. He got eight receptions. You got eight tackles. You better. Like, you, you're looking for help. Like, what a help at to help me get this boy down. Like, hey, I'm a DB. I'm usually the smaller guy. You know what I mean? Help me out a little bit. You know what I mean? But, right, hey, right, right. now let's move on to the Dolphins. The Dolphins versus the Chiefs. Mr. One, two, three does never let me down. Mr. One, two, three, he's going to hold up. He's going to stick to his name. You know what I mean? To a tongue of a lord. Mr. One, two, three. His limitations and how he ran that offense, we all seen it. You know what I mean? He is very limited in what he can do. And I don't, you know, it bothers me because I'm kind of torn on both sides. Is it because that's how he prepared and he's taught one, two, three to let it go? Can this be fixed? Or is that's as far as his skills can 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 take him in the NFL? You know what I mean? Because for me, I feel like the, these little things may can 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 be fixed and help Tua be successful. First of all, they got to get more protection. You know, they had a lot of injuries on the offensive line. But as far as him being Mr. One, Two, Three, and um not being able to compensate for anything else other than that, with the guys not open or, or the perfect players that design is not open, I think if they work on that in practice and continue to 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 uh make him go to a second and third reads and put pressure on his face. Ah! No man, Mike McDaniels is the guy that I believe that can can get that fixed. But mm-hmm. for now, it just seems horrible, man. It just seems like it is what it is. He's not going to get no better than this, and that's all he's depending on. And then it's like it's crazy because you keep looking for Tua Tongue. I mean, not Tua, but you keep looking for Tyreek Hill. Like he's six five. You know, we know he's the fastest guy in the league, but he's not six five. He's not going to be able to 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 jump up and and. And be the bigger body on some of these passes, and and Tua depends on that. Even the the, the craziest situations, you know what I mean. That is a Tyreek is a fast, explosive guy to get him the ball in open field. You have to look for a bigger receiver like number eleven. I know what I mean. He started mm-hmm. trying to do that longer uh, towards the end of the season, but you had to develop that chemistry early in the season. He was all caught up with Tua. 
I mean, with Tyreek Hill, man, and, and, it, and it caught up with him and it showed tremendously in these in these crucial games, these playoff games. And right. it ended, it ended not so good. It ended as you being Mr. One, two, three, can't take it to four, five, six. If you take it to four, five, six, it's gonna be a turnover every time. Man, man, that, that sucked, man. That sucked, man. Man, you know I mean? let me tell you with with Tua. Um, first of all, let's not ignore the fact I, I didn't think I don't know how many people besides Baba, he probably thought they was gonna go up there and win. I don't know how many people thought Miami was going there and win, and it didn't really have nothing to do with talent. What it had right. to do with it was going up there in that cold weather, and you in Miami, you're in Florida. Those are all they became the whole roster became Florida boys, and you went up in that weather. So he was a betting guy, you was gonna straight up say. I'm just gonna bet my money that they're not gonna overcome negative 20 degree weather. That, that's that's the that's it. Let's let's start there. Now to overcome that, your quarterback needs to be a leader and a guy. You can't go up mm. there and that it's and a creator deep. and a creator because there's no answer. Zunt, it's no answer on how to make a play. You can't practice <laughs> it. There's nothing, no answer how to make a play in negative 20 degree weather. It's all mental. So the ball who is, who is hard. your leader. The field is hard. Everybody hands is froze. It's not you see uh Andy Reeves' mustache, it's not coming down, everything froze up like icicles. So, like you said, there's no answer. Only thing I we can do is try to put present plays that we think may work, but we don't know what's gonna work. So y'all right. gotta go out there and make playmakers and create and and man, yeah. You took the yeah. Miami Dolphins, the South Florida team to the cold. And it showed, man. And it and it started with Tua, man. He, right. you know, just him gripping that ball, gripping the ball. I don't, I don't think I understand. It's very hard, especially if you're a smaller, uh, a little guy with with not so much big, big extremities, hands. In in this case, it's hard to grip that ball and throw. And you, and that was obvious. Even though they was throwing a lot of short, quick passes, it's still very hard, especially for a quarterback like Tua. Now we got um, uh, Patrick Mahomes on the other side. He used to it. He slaying that thing left and right like it's nothing, baby. You know what I mean? So it's different talents, you know? It's it's different. And it's different mentalities. You got Patrick Mahomes embracing it. He thinks that's his advantage. This is our house. So he's getting up on saying, they're not going to be used to this. Oh, we love this. So it's all mental, man. And then that's why the difference is having a dog that can get through that. The coldest weather I ever played in when we went to play Green Bay. And yeah. it was 11 degrees. Negative one chill factor. At night. So it was cold. But negative 20 and 30, that's a whole nother level. And I think that was it. But here's the problem, Zunt. Let's go a little bit deeper, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. That's why in the season, towards the end, you cannot afford to start losing games mm. to a that's why you got to win the air. You got to win your division. You got to win out. You can't say, oh, well, we're still in the playoffs. No, because now you have to travel. Now you got to You messed travel. up, though. You got to travel. You needed that home game. You had everything set up for you to be right there in Miami playing that home. That home field event. Like you said, that's a mouthful. Like I said, I've been to the, the playoffs 10, 10 years out of my 11-year career. And most of the time when we won the championships in the Super Bowls and the AFC championships, we had home field advantage. Everybody had to come to New England to play in the cold where it's freezing, it's snowing the ground everywhere. The, the owners, Mr. Kraft and Bill Belichick, not even fixing the field the proper way. The, the NFL, the NFL PA sending letters and threats to talk about fix the field. So that's the importance of, of winning, winning the AFC East championship. 
uh, having home field advantage, trying to be the number one seed in the AFC. And Miami Dolphins clearly had that chance. All they had to yeah. do was beat the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And that's where it all started. Beat the Buffalo Bills, home field advantage. You play your first game at home, you're AFC champs, you know what I mean? AFC East champs, and you can't seize the moment. This is front-running teams. All these teams, the Cowboys and the Dolphins are front-running teams. They want to play good in the in the regular season, want to get all the glory, get all this MVP hype, all, great, all the beautiful numbers. But when you put some dogs in front of them and it's time to line up and dog in the dog Ain't eating cold. the dog world, what is who who's going to win? What right. are you going to do? What dog is going to step up? And and I don't think the Dolphins have that that dog mentality because it's led from your quarterback. Birds of a feather right. flock together. If Tom Brady is not a dog, if he's soft, he's not that leader. We don't follow that lead. I mean, we we follow that lead. That's a part of our environment, and that's who we become. You know what I mean? So that's what right. it is over there. You know what I mean? Everybody want to. Mm -hmm. Want to bash the media and the commentators when we talking about the quarterbacks and the team because we know what we talking about. We know we know y'all quarterbacks and and y'all team ain't finna do nothing. You know what I mean? Y'all could be sensitive all you want. It is what it is until y'all fix the problems. That's that's the only way you are gonna win. I want the Dolphins to win. I want to be down here partying. Right. But y'all ain't gonna win with two. And I'm just telling you that unless you could figure out some. How to get him past that Mr. One, two, three, and, and learn how to figure out and find more reads and, and be patient in the pocket. But that's my well, little man. Well, Dolphins, well, man, and Tua, well, well, man. well, here's the thing with Tua, too, is you look back at Tua, look at him as his history, right? Um, he was in Alabama, right? He took over. He took over Jalen Hurts. With some spot, dogs. But he had dogs already on the team. Great dogs. All you got to do is throw the ball up. That's it in Alabama. That was all you had to do. One, you he was fine with ABC one two three. That's exactly what Saban wanted him to do. That's, that's all he didn't you needed to do. You had the Henry Ruggs. You had Jalen Waddle. Who else? These two of the fastest guys. Oh, well, your it, boy it in Philly. He had your boy in Philly. The um, the the skinny one in Philly. The, oh, Devonte Smith. He had all of them. Player. Come on, man. You know what? That's a good point. It's a good point. So he basically was drafted in the first round top five pick because of the talent around him. Right. Like, so anybody could go out there and make those plays and throw those balls to the to that talent, man, especially in the college level, you know what I mean? So, that, so it's just transition. So now he's in Miami and he's like, hey, Tyreek, I need somebody. Waddle, hey, yes, I need my guys. But in the NFL, you need a little bit more than that. You need yes, a little bit more than one or two or three guys. You need to be a dog back there. And he's out of his realm, I think. That's just, that's all that's going on. He's out of his yeah. realm. Because that's the thing. Like you said, in college, you might have all the five-star players on your team. You might be playing against three-star, four-stars. But guess what? When you get to the NFL, everybody a five-star. Everybody <laughs> yeah. is him. Everybody is that man. You know what I mean? Right. So you think right. you can't, it can't work like that. You have to have a different level of something about you to make you, make you a successful player, an elite player in the NFL, you know, in the quarterback, that's a whole different story, you know what I mean? Right. But, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it is what it is, man. Um, I, I think for Tua, like I said, this is going to be his best season of his career. Um, that's not a shot. That's a – he has 45 – over 4,500 yards. They made it to the playoffs, 29 touchdowns. So, you know, that's the best – Mike McDaniels was able to get the best he could out of uh, out of uh, Tua Tagovailoa, but the best that you can get out of Tua Tagovailoa is not the best for the Miami Dolphins to win a Super Bowl. But you mm -hmm. know, you can see 
you know, if we can make some changes and try to fix some things, tweak some things. But the team can't get no more talented than what they are already, unless you add in the, the super fast tight end. But, you know, right. so I, I think that team is maxed out. And um, yeah. They got I, some evaluating to do this offseason. I, I had one scenario that I think uh, could work that may be a little crazy. Hear this out. What do you think if the Miami Dolphins and Jerry Jones, they trade for for Dak Prescott and move Dak to the Miami Dolphins? I think uh, Dak uh. can get it done. It's two 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 situations. Both quarterbacks have one one year left on the on the contract. I think Dak is uh due like a uh, right. 48 million. Forty eight million. Crazy. Same yeah. situation with two is like twenty five million. So they're looking at extensions. If if Dak can get to the Dolphins, I think I think Dak can can take the Dolphins with that offense and Mike McDaniel's uh, to glory, you know, to, to the Super Bowl. I, I no. really believe in that one, but I don't know no. about Tua. Tua, uh, he might know. be good up on the Belichick. <laughs> you never yeah. know. He might. You be- know what? And, and that's that's the other point we we forgot. We cannot forget that Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones has that pawn. With Trey Lance right there that he traded for for from from the um the 49ers a while oh, back yeah. in, in the first. So we don't know what Jerry Jones has that pun for. Everybody thought it was to push um that Prescott be the starting quarterback. I told that I shut that down from the beginning. No, this is leverage piece for for for, for Jerry Jones to be able to combat negotiations with that Prescott. So I don't know how this is gonna pan out because you know. You got a bell. Belichick might come in. They don't believe this guy's a championship guy. You know what I mean? So uh, I think I, I think you I, I want to see Dak. At, I want to see Dak Prescott to the Dolphins. Send Dak uh, Prescott to the Dolphins. Dolphins, you win the Super Bowl. I believe in Dak at the Dolphins. Mike McDaniel's could bring it out of. I I I I could see that, and, and it got a lot to do with personalities too. I think Dak kind of tired of the Jerry Jones, and then he kind of lost confidence when you brought in Trey Lance. So he yes. probably needs to get from up under that umbrella. And I also think Mike McDaniel's is an outspoken kind of fun guy, and Tua is kind of boring. Like yeah. uh, he can't match energy. You bring yeah. you bring Dak Prescott to Mike McDaniel's, they match energy, they become best buddies. You take. Right. Then I don't know where to look. Like you say, make him compete against Trey Lance, and then then you say twenty five million. That might not be bad. You might got some GM in your in your system got, over there, I bro. I got a lot, a lot of little something. <laughs> a little, a little, I'm well rounded in a lot of places. You know what I mean? I I, I just try not to touch too many pay because they are, everybody be thinking I'm taking shots and I'm I'm going at people. Being truthful and speaking my facts is not taking shots, man. I'm just speaking my truth and how I feel in life. Y'all got to stop being so sensitive out there. We're going to get to that <laughs> sensitive stuff. Y'all, Twitter people be so sensitive on Twitter, you know what I mean? But, yeah, so y'all look out for that. Dak Prescott to the Dolphins is a good idea. I think he could run the offense the way he need. He can get past the first and second read. He could create a little bit better, and he has uh, more limitations than Tua. So, um, you know. Think about that in the future. You know what I mean? I put my GM hat on and we see how it's going to go. Now we got the Texas versus the Browns, man. The Tex- Texas versus Browns. What happened to the Cleveland Browns? The Cleveland Browns. I was expecting them to be, uh, to kind of show up like the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. But that defense let down. They shut Miles Garrett completely down. And you know, I have a problem with Jim Schwartz and his defense. Yeah. He has a great defense. A lot of people say he has a great defense, a great defense, and this and that. But when your great defense con- is, is is based off man-to-man and all you can do is, is tell everybody to play man-to-man in the backfield 
and and that's how you drop all your blitzes and stuff. That see that defense will get picked apart sooner or later. Sooner or later, you know they're gonna figure it out because everybody can't just play man to man. That's how, that's the hardest thing to do. All I could, all I need to do is create a little separation. The quarterback just throw the ball one read and throw the ball, and then if the blitz not getting there, you know what I mean. You have five, six players on each play that have to cover man to man, and you want to think that each player is going to cover that play perfect. So I understand why the Browns fell short because just depending on that in itself is too much. You got to be able to mix it up. You got to be able to confuse the quarterback. You got to be able to confuse the the officer coordinator on the opposing team. You got to be able to draw stuff up, not just by the blitz. Yeah, I can, you know, figure out how to pick up the blitz. And, and I just know it's man to man back there every time. Just let it go. You know what I mean? And I think that's the problem with 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 the Browns on the defense side. Now on the opposite side, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, he he looked like an old man this night. You know what I mean? He looked like his mechanics were off. He looks like very slow. He looked very slow. Looked like he didn't have any urgency. I know that's how he always looked. His mechanics are a little elongated and he's slow, but it just seemed he didn't have any urgency or, or any care for the game or, or, you know, he was just out of touch. Maybe he didn't get enough rest, but the oldness and, you know, remember I talked about Joe Flacco in the beginning, why he's having success? Because he didn't he he didn't have to go to training camp all those rigorous uh practices that's that's mentally just beating on you beating on you he had a breath of fresh air and he came in halfway through the season rejuvenated refreshed and you know he was able to have, put that spark in but you go too long you know what i mean and then starting to wear down on you that's what it looked like with Joe Flacco just no urgency the mechanics are off and um you know just last days ago out there man that's what i saw from uh from the Browns. But man-to-man, you can't depend on that on the defensive side of the ball. Man-to-man, blitz, 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 thinking everybody going to cover everybody perfect every time. It's not going to work. Right. Well, listen, I told you. I told you. The 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 determining factor, last time we talked about the Cleveland Browns, they blew out the Texans, was yeah. C.J. Stroud. He did not play that game. I already knew it. He did he not play. Did not play that game. God, dog. Right. That was a determining factor. But when you look down at it, like you say, Miles Garrett, he um great pass rusher, but he didn't have an explosive game. And Lerman Thompson got hurt. Like, second quarter on the field yeah. goal. The offensive tackle got hurt. He still didn't have that explosive game. But overall, it was just, I want to say one-sided. Like, they just can't keep up. Um, it was different players for um, Houston coming out there playing, too. Brevin Jordan, the, the tight end, went for like 80 yards. And they had two pick sixes on Flacco. Right. And Flacco, I think it was, and in, in, you know how it is, huh? when you throw somebody in the mix midseason, first year guys, it's all what they call it, that kind of instant success because nobody, they haven't gotten your tendencies that yet. Luck. We haven't, that right? luck, we, that beginner's we, luck, beginner's we, luck. <laughs> We haven't studied you yet. We haven't yeah. gotten your tendencies. We don't know that you like to throw to the left 62%. Of, I even know you didn't pay to none of you didn't pay attention to none of this stuff in your meetings in the DB room. I got it. But <laughs> the tendencies are 60% versus 20% to the right, making them blitz them on his left hand. He's strong. All that stuff, they hadn't had it. They got it analyzed. The analytics, the analytics went in, and they yeah. that's what made him look 
old out there because he couldn't adjust. That's why you have to be in shape is to adjust on the go. He couldn't adjust. He was still How old in, is he, he man? He got to be year. about 45. Is it 45? I don't think he's he that he old. He got the, the, the longest release of them all. It just takes forever. And all of that, if you slow that down, the three-step drop with the slow release, no urgency, he just looked totally slow and out of it. But like you no. said... C.J. Stroud was not there that first game. And let me tell you, C.J. Stroud, you give C.J. Stroud a little bit of time. He don't need much. He was, like you said, one of those guys I was talking about, C.J. Stroud, Jordan Love, Patrick Mahomes. You give him a little bit of time, he's going to buy a little bit more time and find that open guy every time. His release is so quick and beautiful, along with accuracy. C.J. Stroud is, is uh, someone to be reckoned with, reckon with coming up on um, – um, and in, in, uh, in the in, in the, the future. future. But listen, I, I, but, I, was, I get mixed up. I think I said Detroit was playing the Ravens. Um, no, mm, Texans yeah. play the Ravens. And that's going to be uh, I think I said uh, Green Bay or something. Probably, but the right. Texans play the Ravens. Now that's going to be a crucial game. If if C.J. Stroud can show up and be successful against this Ravens defense, man, this man, um, is really him. I want to say another thing about C.J. Stroud. Being that he won his first game, I know we say the MVP should go to Lamar Jackson and all that stuff. Yeah, he is well-deserving, and he is the top candidate for that. But I wouldn't be mad, and I wouldn't be wrong. I wouldn't feel the type of way if they did some type of co-MVP, gave you know half to Lamar Jackson and half to C.J. Stroud. Because C.J. Stroud, I think he deserved some type of MVP recognition. No, you don't deserve it over Lamar Jackson. But it's right there. So if they, if you know, if they made him co-MVPs, you know, I wouldn't be too mad because, you know, he's winning the playoff game. And then if he goes and upset Baltimore Ravens with, you know, Lamar J Jackson them, man, that's, it would, it, that'd be a good reason to give him the, the MVP. Right. But go ahead, brother. Hey, I'm going to have to call you out when you're wrong, bro. Okay, talk this, to this is This is wrong right here. You call that man Joe Flacco, 45. He is 38 years old, dog. He is not... <laughs> 45. Wow. You gave Damn. him almost. <laughs> well, bro, I was, gave... I'm, all I could see in my mind is the slow wind up, and then I see him on the sideline like this, falling asleep, like that, mm, with the gray hairs. You know, like, you know, when you don't want to go to the barbershop and get a full haircut, you just be like, cut me down real quick with the gray hairs with a cut down. He had a one. When you been doing a one on the, on the beard, you know what I mean? He doing a one. And he, did you see him? He was like this, literally falling asleep on the sideline. <laughs> he tired, man. He used to go to sleep at that time. But I get it. That's that stuff you gave my boy 45. But back to CJ, though. Um, the reason why CJ is so dynamic, man, because I think he has all the basic tools. He's going to check it down when he needs to. He's going to throw the slant routes. But he also has the doll to throw it deep at any mm. moment. He's just not scared. So he only got five picks this year, but mm -hmm. got the most Passes over 30 yards. What that tell you? He ain't scared to let it fly. He gonna let it fly. And he, and, he, and he said something in one of his statements, one of his interviews I was watching. He was saying, um, you know, the plays that look like they're not going to be there and you're scared to throw it and you think they're going to be interception, nine times out of ten, they're not going to be interception. And he's not scared to let it fly. Man, you know, right. that's that's kudos to him. He understand that game. That's that's what you call about a gunslinger. You know what he say? Right. Steph Curry, he going to keep shooting. He's right. always, that's how he lived. That's his motto at quarterback. I'm going to keep shooting. I'm going to keep letting it fly regardless of what happened because I'm confident in myself. That's how you have to be in life as, as, a, as an athlete, mm -hmm. living life, trying to win life. 
You have to be confident and believe in yourself. Believe that you that you uh, did all the due diligence you need in, in preparing for whatever it is to prepare for. Your goals are set. They're nice. They're, they're clear. You know what you want. You prepare tremendously. You're ready. You know what I mean? That's how you got to attack life, man. You know what I mean? So I like that CJ Stroud. I'm yeah, a yeah, big nah. fan, baby. Yeah, I like him. He, CJ, he's cool, calm, collective. Uh, he's going to make the plays, even, even on the plays he missed. Like last, um, was it last night? He threw a forty yard dude mm -hmm. wide open. He overthrew him by like four yards. Yeah. He, yeah, he yeah, just yeah. smiled. Right. But mm -hmm. guess what? You overthrew him. Nobody. I'm coming. What you think is that? Oh, I'm hitting that next time. Yeah, oh yeah, right. <laughs> oh yeah. He's so mad at yourself, and then he's like, I'm, you know, come back and I make the play next time. You know what I mean? Right. But right. Twitter family, Twitter family. All right, we gotta we gotta bring this to the attention. You know what I mean? Twitter fella. If y'all ain't realize, go, go look it up. Sauce Gardner and myself, Mr. Pick Self, Pick Six himself, the king, the big dog. You know what I mean? This DB stuff, this cornerback stuff. You know, we had another little spat. If they don't understand, you know, everybody always feel like I'm taking shots. I'm just advocating like I've been doing from the beginning. I advocate for, for players that don't get the respect, that deserve the respect. And don't get it, you know what I mean. So that's all I'm doing, advocating. And and I and and every everyone was in a frenzy because I said I think the All Pro and the Pro Bowl should have standards. You should have at least one interception to be considered an All Pro. And everybody just went crazy. And Sauce Gardner, he tweeted me saying, "Man, I see you keep sub tweeting at me because." He had zero picks and nine pass breakups, so he feels I'm talking about him. I've been doing this way before you, young man. You know what I mean? So we got to understand, stop being so sensitive that I'm advocating. I'm not picking on no one. If I bring up picks, it's not about nobody. It's in general. So, Sauce, it's not about you, brother. It's about the players that should get the respect they deserve. And I felt like Darius Stingley didn't get his respect he deserved this year. I felt like he should have been in the all, uh, Pro Bowl, all pro somewhere, off his season this year, he played very well and he was creating turnovers and making plays and not giving up passes. That's what's important. You know what I mean? Making plays and not giving up passes. He ended up with, with five interceptions. That was great. And they're in the playoffs. Oh, they're playing on a, a good playoff team. And last year, it was all about last year. Every year is different. We're not saying Tyreek, Tyreek Woolen is better than Sauce Gardner this year. Last year he was. I'm, I'm I'm not evaluating this year. I'm talking about Derek Stingley. So I wasn't hating on him last year. I was give Sauce Gardner his respect. I don't care. Everybody gets their respect. But Tyreek Woolen deserves some some um, respect last year, and he didn't get the respect. So that's all it is about. You know what I mean? Sauce Gardner, you get whatever you deserve, whatever God got for you, brother. I I have no problem with it. You know what I mean? But I'm going to always advocate for players that don't get the respect they deserve. And I think Derek Stingley was one of those players. Listen, I had 10 interceptions in the, in, in the regular season, two in the playoffs, like two touchdowns. Uh, I gave up like less than 200, 300 yards passing. I didn't make a pro bowl. I didn't make all pro. I didn't make nothing. If I had someone advocating for me, the way I advocate for, for, for the young players, I, everything would have been fine. I probably would have, I would have felt good about the situation knowing that someone had my back and understood that, I'm being overlooked and disrespected and and not recognized for 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 the, that was one of the best seasons of a uh, cornerback in the NFL history. I'm the only cornerback that graded in the 93 threshold, and that's the facts. But they will say someone other cornerback had a 
It had the best year of, of the NFL because the powers to be, the marketing, the NY media, you know, they drive that stuff. They don't want you to know the truth. The truth is the truth. And I couldn't be up here talking that truth if I wasn't him. And that's the way it is. So stop being so soft, man. I'm just advocating, man. Pick six. That's what I do, baby. You know what I mean? You know, oh, <laughs> did you did you get to see any of that craziness? We was going at it. You know what yeah. I mean? He telling me I'm acting like a female because, right. you know, I'm I'm doing comparisons. I'm comparing stats. And I'm acting like a female. Like, that's crazy. Right. Now, I guess the question is, you know, in this world, I'm not saying it's bad, but sometimes you can't praise someone else and somebody else feel bad. So your main focus of what your connotation of what you were trying to say is Stingley was a dog this year and he deserved it. Right. Right. That was your main thing. Yes. Someone else, whoever it is, even if it's not soft, someone else say, well, dang, dog, like, why are you coming at me like that? But you're like, no, I'm really focusing that Stingley is the guy. Now, exactly. Your universal thing, which I agree, because I compared it when you said that you at least got to have one pick to be selected. I said, yeah, that's like a DN. If my job was a defensive end, and I would feel slighted if I had five sacks, say, not even 10, say five, 10 be astronaut. And somebody <laughs> they chose someone that had zero sacks, but they got ahead. Like, okay, that's that's not a subject that you just sweep up under the rug. That's all I'm saying. You got to speak on that because I guarantee it's some people who love Darius Thingley, he might not be the, the fan favorite right now. He's a dog. I love the way he plays. Outside of Houston, though, he might not have all the the lights and glamour, but he's playing some good ball. So sometimes it's like, hey, don't forget about that guy. That guy is a difference maker on that defense, man. Ever since mm -hmm. he came back, you know, we talk about C.J. Stroud. He's great. And I mm -hmm. guarantee C.J. will say, well, that defense is playing great because ever since Derrick came back from injury, that team has been winning. And you can, you can chart it back to week six of the Carolina Panthers. That team has been winning, bro. You feel me? So you're right. I, I can't I can't argue that. And sometimes in life, when we do say a good thing that somebody deserves, it's not necessarily a knock on someone else. That's that's all I want right. to say. It's not a knock on no one, bro. Y'all gotta stop being so sad. I understand like a lot of these Twitter accounts are little kids just talking and yapping. And you know, me, I, I just like to engage. So I talk shit, so I engage and I talk back. But, you know, I, I did have a little talk with uh with Darius Thing, and I seen, you know, I don't want to talk about our personal conversation, but I seen, um you know, in the comments and stuff where they were saying he's a little introverted, you know, he don't really do well in front of the camera and stuff. I'm going to make sure I go up there. We're going to do an edited version. I'm going to ask him the questions. I'm going to ask him once, twice, until he said it right and he's comfortable. I'm going to make everything feel great, and we're going to get the brother some exposure. We're going to get you on camera. You're going to feel good about yourself. And we're going to talk that shit. And I'm going to be right here with you, brother. Help you guide you through this shit. Because we all go through that. I'm, I was scared to get in front of this goddamn camera. Goddamn it. I'm here now. And I ain't going nowhere. Because I'm going to say what needs to be said. And you keep getting them goddamn pics. And I'm going to keep talking that shit. They're going to be mad at me. The New York media can't handle me. The, the, the Boston media. Whoever got the favorite cornerbacks. Goddamn it. Y'all can't handle Because the truth is the truth. Production is the key. And that's what it is. We want you to produce. We can sit up here and say, man, lock up this man and this man had zero catches we can do this shit all day long god damn it but separate yourself go get the ball because that's all y'all do new york media is good for that they're good for for making up the saying that he locked up this person and like did this person go get the damn ball you ain't gotta go look up make up some stats and go look for all these stats when this man was covering this man it's a team defense if he don't have a pass breakup 
when they throwing the ball up on them, then what the fuck? It's, 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 it's a team. It's a team thing. EP went and sacked, almost sacked the man, so the ball went high off my head. But I get the credit for that because I had good defense. I ain't break it up or nothing. Man, that's the bunch of foolishness I ever heard in my life. You know what I mean? Right, but right. We all, yeah, I'm I'm good with that, man. I hope the Twitter family, the Twitter guards, y'all understand, and the New York media, y'all understand. I'm here protecting greatness. You had lockdown corners in the past. Lockdown corners ain't just showed up. You whoever whoever you said was lockdown, Champ Bailey, Deion Sanders, Charles Woodson, whoever you said, they got the ball. Now all of a sudden, it's it, it, getting the ball is not so important. Boy, y'all is crazy out there. Getting the ball is the number one thing all the time. It's a turnover. It take a full right. game to lock a man up, but it take one play to get a turnover. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know you're a defensive yeah. end, you know what I mean? And no. You're not used to talking that shit like this, but you know what I mean? I talk that shit. If y'all, hey, hey, everybody that played with me, y'all know, tap in and let, let the world know that Sante will talk and he won't stop. This ain't nothing new. I'm just getting on camera now. You know what I mean? What that, I'm, I'm tell me what, what tell me tell me before you chill. I just need to know what one thing as a DB stand for when they say, "Oh, they didn't throw the ball to his side." What does that mean? So <laughs> when they say, "Sounds oh. like a damn excuse," another excuse. They don't throw their ball away his way that much. And blah, blah, blah. Listen, however many times they throw it away, he throwed it enough for him to get make some plays. Stop with the excuse. Everything is an excuse. Y'all can't just say black and white. This is was that. This and that was this. Y'all have to come up with all these excuses. Mine is right there. Dion's is right there. Jim Bailey's is right there. Charles Woodson's is right there. Y'all don't have to make up nothing past right there in front of you. The stats. <laughs> Y'all got to go up there trying to make up everything for your favorite new car. Yeah, I understand. People not getting as many interceptions as we did in the past and stuff like that. But we ain't finna make people great because they can't get interceptions. No. The, the standards were set. The standards been set. I'm just here trying to protect it for for everybody. When 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 the world and the new media and and this new social media stuff trying to you know uh, saturate the damn greatness is killing me. You know what I mean? It's just crazy, man. You know. So yeah, man. Well, that's uh, Mister. Say what needs to be said. Hey, Wednesday. Y'all make sure y'all tune in. I'm going on the Sante Samuel Patriot Marathon. I'm telling it all, the goods, the bad, the ugly, everything. Make sure y'all tune in Wednesday. Listen, I'm just telling my story. My Everybody has their story in their side of life. I'm not taking no shots. I'm talking about Tom Brady. I'm talking about Belichick. Everybody. I'm just telling you my interactions and what went down. I'm telling you the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm letting it all out. Because everybody is a part of it. And Tom Brady was one of the main people, you know what I mean? I always say good things, but, I, you know, it's always something to come back that, you know what I mean? So I'm going right. you know, to say this to Wednesday, you know? So That'd you got anything to say, brother? Nah, man, hey, we got some more games tonight, right? Got some you know more that games game, tonight. That, that game had got canceled on Saturday, so they playing tonight. Um, that so we got to come game. back tomorrow and cover that because it's playoff time. We got to jump back on and be quick. <laughs> we got to hop back on and talk about it. It probably won't take us long. We love y'all, man. Y'all love us. Right, keep supporting right. us. You know, shout out to D-Pat44. You know, one of our number one um, supporters always showing us love. You know what I mean? Shout out to D-Pat. Salute, right. brother. You know what I mean? And he always in the, he in the comments in the Twitter. He going at it with me. Head, mm. head first. He no real. <laughs> 
He love that real shit. I love it too, brother. Shout out, salute, brother. I see you. I see you every time too. Don't think I miss it. I don't miss nothing. You know what I mean? Right, right. But yeah. Oh, and my, my late partner here. We gonna hold him accountable. He gonna be prepared. He gonna be on time. Are we cussing him out? We said, hey, next time he uh he uh he show up late, send him snake eyes in the, in the, in the comments. <laughs> send a bunch of snakes at him. Be like snake. <laughs> hey, so before you go, before we go. Tell me your picks. You got the Steelers and the Bills tonight, and then you got the Eagles and Buccaneers. What you got? Man, all this drama going down with the Eagles. I, I, I want to pick the Eagles so bad. I just don't feel like there is any magic left. A.J. Brown not playing. But Baker Mayfield, he's so hot and cold, you never know what you're going right. to get with Baker Mayfield. You know, he had one hot game and then – Five terribly cold games. But right. with all those pros and cons being said, I think I have to go with uh I'm gonna go with Tampa, man. I'm gonna go with Tampa. Mm-hmm. Now the Bills and, and the Bills and um Pittsburgh, it's gonna be a pretty good game. But the difference is I think Josh Allen. Josh Allen, you know, the resurgence of Josh Allen and the new district court the officer coordinator, they got rid, rid of uh of Ken Dorsey. And I think now they're using uh, Josh Allen the correct way. He doesn't have mm-hmm. to be Superman every play. They're using that run game and being physical. And when he does need to be Superman every once in a while, he's very effective. And it's effective at the right time. He doesn't need over 300 yards. Uh, Stephon uh, uh, Diggs doesn't need to to be a 100-yard receiver. And and it's a winning formula, you know? And that's, that physical... That physical trait that they that, that they're showing now with new officer coordinator, that's all they need, man. And sometimes it's, sometimes I think officer coordinating teams get too fancy and too cute trying to to establish this passing game and pretty football. Football is a physical game. It's meant to be physical, and physicality wins. You can right. do all that finesse stuff and look up statistics and say passing this, passing that wins games. Uh uh-uh. uh. Well, I got. I'm gonna go opposite with you. Now, the one picks. No, no, no. Just on this Eagles and Buccaneers. I think the Eagles still got it. I think they had to go through like starting off high, flying high, right? But they kind of slowed down, which you do not want to slow down going into the playoffs. Right. I don't even know why. Why are they playing in Tampa? Like, what did they do to have to be on the road in the playoffs? I think because Tampa is the uh, NFC. What are they? NFC East, NFC North, South. Either way, they're the champion. Either way, Philly had to drop the ball somewhere to be on the road, right? They, they, yeah. they, they determine their future. So now they're in the fight back phase. I think they are actually come through. They're three point favorites. So I'm gonna go with Philly on this. Ah. I, I believe in Philly. I need um, Philly to win. I want Philly to win, man. <laughs> it just let me down, man. At this point, man, too much drama. Like, come on, man. They're letting the outside noise get to them. You know, Philly is one of the toughest markets they have, and you know these fans and stuff. You got to be able to block that stuff up, then you know you got to be built, built toward, forward, tough up there, uh, Philly man. They're, they're bringing out you. <laughs> and now with the Bills and Steelers, I just got to go Bills all day. I think they running game is going to control it. And then outside of that, I look at other teams instead of just the still, um, and just instead of just the Bills because I can talk about them. But the Steelers don't even really have a solidified quarterback. And it's like, but he's uh, doing good. Harder. He's doing really good. He's not the, the the prototypical type of quarterback, but he's he's moving the ball. He's he's making a he he's making a lot of plays with his legs, extending the 
the, the first downs and stuff like that. So, you know, hey, yeah. he's getting the job, he's just, getting it done. Not the prettiest way passing, but, you know, he's, he's, he's leading that team. So he's Well, those are my careful. two picks. Those are my two picks. I those got Philly. Two picks. We're going to see, see how uh, well we did Buffalo. tomorrow. You know what I mean? Right. We need to get us a thing with um prize picks where we can give our picks with that little app and people can do. Um, yeah, we can set all that up, brother. As long as we get on the same page, brother, we can set all that up. <laughs> hey, and, and here on time. That's all we got you to know do. What I mean? <laughs> we got new stuff coming for y'all. Like we said, we're doing, we're getting better and better, man. So, hey, this going to be the number one show. And by next right. season, I'm telling you. So, right. hey, man, appreciate y'all, all the comments, all the love y'all showing, you know what I mean? Keep salute. Uh, keep supporting. Salute, man. See y'all next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.